Welcome to Idaho Speakeasy. I'm Mike Turner with Jared Cosby, and we're on a mission to uncover and share the stories of Idaho's finest entrepreneurs, community leaders, local icons, and those impacting our community. Today in the Speakeasy, we have Karen Tucker. Karen is the executive director of a local nonprofit called Janice Inc. Welcome to the Speakeasy, Karen. Hey, thanks. I'm happy to be here. So, for those who don't know, um, and I'm still, and I'm just now learning, like, so Janice, I want you to explain what this organization does because I understand if it's if it's not the largest, it's one of the largest social service organizations in the state. So, what what is Janice? What is it? Yes. Well, the great story about Janice, um, the name is based on the Roman god of transitions. So all of our services um, are working with people in some kind of life's transition. So whether that's a new parent, um, a new refugee coming to make a new home in Idaho, um, a son or daughter becoming a family caregiver, or even making those advanced care decisions for end of life. So every stage of life in transition, we have programming that supports um, people, really changing lives. So we have more than 20 programs that um, promote community health, advance public policy, and create economic opportunities. So you work with a lot of other nonprofits, right? So. so give me like an, like a, like an example of one organization you're, you're working with. or Sure. Yeah. So the 20 programs that we have, yeah. those are the programs that most people know about. And they're not separate 501c3s. They're actually just programs of a single mm-hmm. 501c3. Oh. For okay. example, oh. the Idaho Suicide Prevention Hotline, um, the Agency for New Americans, um, Idaho Voices for Children. Um, wow. So a variety of those programs all, all, under, the same all umbrella. under the same umbrella. And if I put on my recovering CPA hat for a minute, um, the cool thing is this business model of delivering human services. We share all of those resources, all the behind the scenes stuff to run a business. And the experts and the people who are passionate about doing the work get a focus on doing the work. Well, that's, I, that to- makes total sense because the the amount of stuff you have to do in order to get a 501c3 right. on the ground <clears throat> and then to maintain it and do it correctly. And right. there's just, uh, I think I see a lot of people who have this great mission of doing some great work and mm-hmm. then think, okay, I'll start a nonprofit and then get buried in the bureaucracy of trying to get it going right so uh wow so so how did what's the backstory of janice like how did this evolve to what it is now yeah it's pretty cool so louise haney was um a nurse back in 1965 she got appointed by governor smiley to a regional health planning board and she was a she was a nurse helping idaho create its health care delivery system and some of that work was funded by a couple of grants from the kellogg foundation and the rand corporation and as congress changed the the federal acts about creating health care, those two funders asked Louise, will you keep doing this work, but do it on your own? And she said, I'm a nurse. I have no idea what I'm doing. But she said yes, thankfully, and started a nonprofit. And that was 44 years ago. And she intentionally set it, the mission to be really broad about improving health. Okay, that is and broad. pretty broad, yeah. and it's allowed the organization for forty-four years to say, 
where are there gaps in services in our communities or where are big needs that others and our partners mm-hmm. aren't filling? Um, it allows us that flexibility to be entrepreneurial um, and adaptive based on what our state and communities need. Hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. So and how have these like so these these uh, these organizations that we all hear about, mm-hmm. like um, agencies for new Americans and uh, let's see, Idaho Voices for Children. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did how did they get have come into your umbrella? I mean, how did that? How did they did it, did, did they exist on their own initially, or did they kind of develop inside of? Right. Your organization. Great question. And yes, all of the above. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of depends. Um, some of our programs, we've been operating for 25 years. And we um, applied, for example, the Idaho Office for Refugees. We're the statewide administrator for refugee resettlement in Idaho. Um That came about when Idaho chose to privatize that service, and they needed an organization outside of the state government to operate it. Um, Another early Head Start we've been doing for 20 years, we applied when the Early Head Start program became a program in our country, and we applied to operate that and have been doing it ever since. Others, for example, the Suicide Prevention Hotline, when Idaho was the last state in the country not to have a hotline, um, multiple partners came together um, to do a, plan, a strategic plan and find funding. They needed somebody to operate it. And because of this organization's 44-year history of running large, complex statewide programs, they asked, would you think about this and that was not an easy yes sure because um, the the yes was yes we'll operate this critical service 24 7 in idaho and we're charged with keeping it sustainable not an easy not an easy thing to say yes to but we're grateful we we did and others have been single 501c3s who realize as you were talking about how hard it is to run a 501c3 on your own single mission and after many conversations explored could we become a program of janice and and operate more efficiently and benefit from all of all the services that are there so yeah it depends yeah okay i'd imagine uh with so many of these um local organizations these regional organizations uh, operate under janice that it opens up some doors for collaboration right because and i know that's one thing that I've seen uh, some new efforts in nonprofit worlds to try to collaborate more often because there's so many advantages. Sure. Are you have you been seeing that? So we do. We experience that in a in both internally with the diversity of our programs, mm-hmm. and it took some intentional work, and we still we work on it every day. Okay. Um, so when a client comes in the door, they may be coming to talk about starting a small business and accessing a micro loan. But then we also may find that they want to run a childcare business and their childcare business might want to get a CSA from Global Gardens and have fresh food for their kids. Mm. Um, or they may need mental health services that we can connect them with. So we see it internally, just making sure that whatever our clients need, we're thinking about what's first in our own doors. 
And then partnership-wise, absolutely, we know that um, we partner with probably every nonprofit in the in the state, knowing that we can't do it alone. Um, so a new great example, we're so excited, our English Language Center is going to be moving their services into Taft Elementary, into the community school, and offering language services in the community mm. um, in partnership with the school. Mm. So it's an... I think limitless um, opportunities. Just people need to be really creative and entrepreneurial and, yeah. and open to what's possible. Tell us a little bit about the, the infrastructure of Janus. I mean, like how many people you got working over there? Yeah, it's uh, hard to keep track of. So <laughs> we are statewide, um, about 130 employees. Okay. Wow. And yeah, 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 for for a little nonprofit, right? Right. Not bad. <laughs> um, we're in eight different locations across the state. Okay. Um, all the way from North Idaho um, down through South Idaho. We have probably 20 to 25 employees who work across the state from home offices. Huh. Um, but a majority of the employees are here in the Treasure Valley. Well, and it makes sense with so many. I mean, I'm looking at a list um, of all the organizations that Mm -hmm. are kind of under your umbrella. Sure. And it is substantial. And so, and I, uh, it's hard for me to get my head around how, I mean, I I imagine in my my business world and trying Mm -hmm. to own that many and manage that many companies. (laughs) Yeah, uh, exactly. Is, uh, you know, quite the task. Um, And so... Mm-hmm. Uh, being the executive director, so how how is that? Uh, how are you guys? How do you know when you're having success and you're moving forward and you're on the right path? And mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of goals are you guys trying to reach? Some of that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, man, that's a <laughs> mighty big question. It is. Because I'm trying to <laughs> way get to my, pose it. I'm really trying. Every to get nonprofit my head. has the same reaction, though. <laughs> you know, right? I'm trying to get my head around it. Like, how do you guys? make that work it's it's uh it's it's a really interesting idea i don't is it have you seen this done in other states that the organization like janice we i've looked over the years so i've been with the organization for coming over 17 years and i regularly look when i'm at conferences and interacting to find a similar model to right help learn from to be able to call and say how do you how do you deal with right. this right um <laughs> but i have not been lucky enough to find an organization that's similar um so we're all really creative Mm -hmm. so do you get the flip side then do you have people in other states calling you and saying how do you do how do you do it sometimes we've definitely had funders ask Mm -hmm. how we do that um from the funding perspective it's really um an exciting model to invest in because it's a majority of the program dollars go directly to programming. Right. And it's a really cost-effective way to do services. So funders ask regularly, and I've presented at conferences of, here's here's a unique model to consider when your community or your state's struggling with resources. Here's one way to share resources and get rid of duplication, mm-hmm. um, but still have really effective, powerful services. Yeah. Yeah, but huh. it's crazy making, f- no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> so you said uh, you've been with the organization 17 years. Yes. So, okay, so let's talk about you a little bit. So, uh-huh. how, so uh, Karen, what were you doing? What led up to you getting involved with this organization? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> 
A straight path, I assume. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Plan from childhood. (laughs) Here I am. Here I am. So I... um, I was a CPA, as I joked and called myself a recovering CPA. Um, I worked in public accounting um, and had a few jobs prior to that in construction, but I was an auditor and I worked for one of the big five public accounting sure. firms, worked my tail off. Long hours. Um, exciting stuff, exciting, too. Exciting, yeah. exciting stuff. Actually, it was pretty cool. Was it? The, yeah. op- <laughs> the auditing side of it probably is the, unique. The client part was really cool. Yeah. Um, Morrison Knutson back then, then Washington mm-hmm. Group was one of my biggest clients. So as an auditor, I actually got to go out on job sites and, and audit these major construction projects. Huh. So it was pretty cool for being being an accountant, mind mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah. You mind you. Right. It's uh-huh. pretty exciting for, the, for accounting. You know, right. <laughs> yeah. You had the rock star accounting job. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, and then my mom got ill and she passed away when I was 32. Oh, wow. And after working for almost eight years at a pace that everyone who's been in that kind of career can appreciate, yeah. um, kind of it was an eye-opener of, yeah, life's pretty short. Right. And Is do it I, really worth it? Right. Yeah. Do I really want to put that much time, energy, really 100% of my life into work? So I had the opportunity to take a year off I joked that I retired and I got a dog and I started running and I volunteered and I worked a temp job at Edwards greenhouse and kind of just got my life like oh okay here's what life could be took time to yourself yeah. exactly mm-hmm. and then I started looking for a job and I uh, found this accounting position at this organization was then called Mountain States Group and I'm like cool i can be an accountant for good Mm -hmm. um, and actually make a difference so i applied it came it came up once uh early in my retirement if you will and i said nope not ready Mm. i want to take more time off then the darn jog came up again three months later so i took that as a sign i should apply right and i applied and got it and was the cfo for the organization for 11 years okay and then um about six years ago got asked to step into the director role and had really no idea what I was going to do, but said, okay, sure, I'll give that a whirl. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And so what is, um, what is the, the, the goal for Janice, you know, moving forward? I mean, you have a lot of different organizations under your umbrella. Are you hoping to get more? Are you hoping just to focus on the ones that you have? What's kind of your, you know, What's the, what's the future look like? Where are you hoping to go with it? Yeah. Well, you asked the question of, you know, how do we set our goals? And um, this organization is really hard to do that with mm-hmm. um, just because there are so many services that we offer. I think all of our programs uh, strive to just be available to fill critical community needs. Mm-hmm. And, and there's help. a lot of gaps that you're focusing on. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so it's really more about providing the high quality services that we offer rather than always striving to expand and or do more and, yeah. do, mm-hmm. and do more. It's continuing to do the quality and working with our partners and listening to our clients of where are their needs and gaps mm-hmm. um, and being able to adapt to those. Frankly, right now, um, our future is at least with the refugee uh, resettlement work, 
It really is uncertain. Mm -hmm. Um, This administration has um, really changed the national landscape and belief of of that, what was a longstanding bipartisan um, program, Mm -hmm. humanitarian program, um, that is slowly being um, whittled away and kind of step by step um, trying to be dismantled, which has been extremely disheartening and really challenging to, you know, come in the door every day, keep keep doing the good work we're doing right. and navigating those kind of political changes. Um, so I think our next, you know, couple of years is how do we be really adaptive to navigate these uncertain times? Right. So on that same kind of um, line mm-hmm. in the last, you know, being there 17 years, what with your, not just your partners, but your programs, what has changed over those 17 years? Have they all just been there and they're all going strong or do you see some of those needs kind of fade away? And then when it, with a new world, so to speak, you see new ones pop up that you need to address. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I talked about one earlier the with the suicide prevention hotline that was what year was that that was in 2012 holy cow so in my 17 years that's relatively recent one of our newer programs Mm -hmm. um that's now been in you know going on its uh sixth year the other big change our organization made um was adding the advocacy and policy work um, that's a unique thing in sure. the nonprofit oh, yeah. field. Not all organizations feel really confident doing that. Our board and I and uh, program director really made the intentional decision to say, you can do direct service all day long, but if clients are experiencing barriers with policy, they're going to keep having, they're going to keep running into that same challenge right. until you change policy. So six years ago, we also made that change to start doing advocacy work um, to inform policies that help ensure we have healthy children, families, and communities. So that's another big organizational sure. shift. Does we that made. go straight um, into like um, the political side of things, lobbyists? So you mm-hmm. kind of have that whole arm going. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the Idaho Center for Fiscal Policy, for example, it does a lot of the analysis on um, the implications of tax decisions yeah. or the revenue into the state. And they do the research and the analysis to say, here's what this decision does for a family in Idaho and does more just the informing uh, based on their analysis. Because mm-hmm. um, Idaho's legislature, um, they are they run lean. They don't have staff to do that kind of research. Mm-hmm. So the Idaho Center for Fiscal Policy has been a great resource say we analyze this tax decision here's what it's going to do for a family of four for example so you can predict what your services may have an uptick in yeah Mm -hmm. exactly Um, and voices for children um, does a lot of um, advocacy work and advocacy really is educating partners and stakeholders and constituents of the needs of children and families Mm -hmm. in idaho Um, and they work with hundreds of partners across the state yeah, so it's been a really, I think, a really meaningful addition to our work um, that's, especially in today's times, right. even mm-hmm. more important. How does your funding work? I mean, I know that if some people are very interested, uh, 
I know people who are very supportive of some of these organizations inside your umbrella. Sure. And are um, and so when money comes in, is it and if it's all under the same five hundred one c three, I'm like, mm-hmm. is it allocated ahead of time? How do you handle that as far as you know donations coming in? Right. So putting my recovering CPA hat back on. <laughs> <laughs> he wants a CPA. Always yeah, a CPA. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm tra- I'm trying to bust that image. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We have a really robust accounting system that every dollar that comes in or goes out is assigned to each one of those programs. Wow. So when a donor says, I am committed to Idaho Voices for Children, their dollar goes directly to you don't have a you you don't have that decision making power at that point absolutely we whatever the donor directs and we can direct it to any one of those programs we also have donors that support the organization as a whole and then we have right then you have a yeah Mm -hmm. yeah same with grants um we have quite a few grants and we apply for those generally for the individual program work. So it's pretty clear that that grant is for the Agency for New Americans, sure. if you will. That's the best opportunity of being successful, probably. It's easier, for sure, to tell the story yep. of um, a newly arrived refugee or a caller to the suicide prevention hotline. There's, That's where the stories yep. are. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And the heart is and mm-hmm. what donors can connect to mm-hmm. yeah. talking about the the behind the scenes you know shared accounting and yeah. HR. It's like, yeah snoozer yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it is complex we have about a 15 million dollar annual budget mm-hmm. um which we feel you know really grateful for but it allows us to serve more than thirty-five thousand idahoans a year mm. um plus all of our policy work that you know really touches all of us right yeah yeah Wow. And so um, do you ever find that any of these uh, entities that uh, like if, if someone's out there and maybe has an organization that they're trying to get started or it's already started, um, are you looking for more or is that something? How do you determine who, who Qual- comes qualify into the the, yeah, right. Qualify yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I probably have mm, eight to 10 of those conversations a year. Okay, sure. So we are we are always open for, I, I use the word entrepreneurial. We right. really are. Mm. And um, we have lots of conversations with people who maybe haven't even started their 501c3, but I wanna do this work. And so we first think about, does it fit within our very broad mission? And mm-hmm. intentionally our mission is broad, as I said. Um, so a lot of things could fit. Mm-hmm. Um, we we joke um, with our partners at the nonprofit center and United Way of please nobody don't start another five hundred one c three. I mean in right. Idaho we have There's more so than seven thousand I believe. Wow. Um, so we explore if there's a good mission fit. We we explore. It really is a business, even though people think nonprofits aren't. Mm-hmm. So we have to ask what their what their plans are. Yeah. What, what how are they going to fund their work? Mm-hmm. Um, while I wish we had a huge pool of money to mm-hmm. say yes, we can fund this, we don't. Right. We don't do that. We yeah. we don't have funds to do that. But if it's a good mission fit and they have a really strong plan and their work aligns with what we're doing, and it's not duplicating anything, it's only right. happening in the state, not just in our organization, but not in our state. Um, we'll we'll keep those conversations going. 
What do you see as the biggest challenge going forward? You mentioned the political Mm -hmm. and economical economic challenges that seem to impact um, some of the organizations that you are working with. Um, um, But you know, but yeah, what is that? What is your kind of when you get asked if what's your biggest challenge? What comes first to mind? Every nonprofit will say funding, so yeah. that's the easy answer. Yep. So mm-hmm. just just know that that's always there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's always number one. Right. The definitely the political climate um, is number two mm-hmm. right now. Um, really, the a lot of the work that we do is is really supporting uh, diverse communities. That um, that is not. That is not well received in some, mm-hmm. at some times right now, and we are really um, working hard to ensure people who are here feel safe and mm-hmm. welcomed. Um, Boise has been recognized nationally as one of the most welcoming cities in our country, which we're really proud of, um, and there's a diverse network of partners that work to help ensure that. Yeah. Um, and we have employers who are on board and... Um, it so it's a challenge, but it's also there's so many bright spots mm-hmm. um, that reinforce and remind us of, yeah, we really are a great place to live yeah. um, that help reinforce that. Um, we, we interview quite a few nonprofits on this show, and one of the questions that we ask quite a bit is their reach, um, you know, city versus rural. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times the rural areas of Idaho being the the size of the state it is yeah it's hard for them to get their resources how do you guys do that are you guys fairly um good at at reaching those those smaller communities sure you all you all know yeah idaho is a is a unique place with Uh a lot of land and a lot of a lot of roads to travel right we have um, our early head start work um, that serves um, pregnant moms and kids zero to three. Those are up in northern Idaho, so um, Bonner, Kootenai, mm-hmm. and Shoshone counties. So some of definitely sort of the, some of the more remote places in northern right. Idaho. Um, we do homelessness outreach with a project called PATH. It's the Project for Assistance for transition from homelessness, and we actually have employees all over the state um, that do outreach in every single region of the state. Um, Nutrition Works is another great program. It helps child cares, both centers and homes, get healthy meals to low-income kids, and they're throughout South Idaho. So we have employees um, in South Idaho that are doing that work. So we do our best. Yeah, so I I know. Yeah. You know, it's tough. Indeed, is tough. Um, the hotline is is a great example. That's definitely a statewide service. Right. And when you look at our um, reports, we do get calls from every county of the state. Um, right now, the call center and the volunteers are all here in the Treasure Valley, mm-hmm. and that's a piece we're trying to figure out. Of there's people all over the state who want to volunteer and be involved. How to give them that ability to yes. do so? Yeah. yeah. So that's what we're trying to uh, figure out: how to engage volunteers. But definitely, that service is available to anyone in Idaho um, statewide and reaches reaches all those rural places. 
If somebody wants to learn more about your organization, uh, is it going to Janus.org? J-A-N-N-U-S.org. Correct. Yes. And if you don't go there, I would imagine you'd see all the different programs programs that you have going on. And I can see, like I said, I have a nice, you know, colorful sheet that shows me everything. But it is, it is, it's, it's hard to get my head around because there's so many. Yes. And um, the it's a such a large overall mission, but the impact. You guys are making, <laughs> you know, with all those programs combined, is so, so substantial. So it's a, uh, uh, it's uh, I'm so uh, I'm so glad I understand that the, more about this because yeah. I think you guys are doing some amazing work and giving these uh, these programs that we're more familiar with, mm-hmm. um, knowing that there is uh, uh, more to it and there's a. I don't know. I just think it's a really cool thing, and I'm so glad we got you in here to the studio to yeah. talk to you about it. I'm grateful. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, so, again, for people who can learn more, you can go to Janus.org, J-A-N-N-U-S dot O-R-G. Um, we've been speaking with Karen Tucker. She's the executive director. Karen, you've had um, – I have I did some Googling on you. You've oh, been no. recognized by multiple <laughs> Man, places. dude, don't ever yeah, do yeah. that. <laughs> I saw you on the Idaho Business Review, if it's, you know, CEO of Influence. He seems like uh, – and I saw you in a number of different um, write-ups and uh, – I can see why you're doing some amazing work and uh, it's a privilege to have you here and learn more about your story and your organization um, that you've been at for 17 years. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, um, well, well, again, thank you for coming in. Yeah, thanks, Karen. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to continuing to watch uh, what Janice is up to and uh, hopefully supporting many of the organizations that you guys are helping run on the back end. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right.